At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we are doing another solo episode. I haven't done a solo episode in months, so I felt like it was time. You know, it's May. It's like the be- not the beginning. It's not the beginning of 2022. It's the middle of 2022. And a lot has happened in the last five months or so. So today we're going to talk about a bunch of different topics like my career path and I guess how I got into what I'm doing now. We're going to touch on some of the pros and cons of being self-employed. A lot of people wanted to hear more about body image and kind of my experience overcoming that because I literally feel like I'm in the best place I've ever been in since like high school right now in terms of my body image. So I wanted to touch on that again. And then also people wanted to hear about dating and it's not like I would have like that much to say about dating, but I'll kind of explain my dating process. This is so random compared to other episodes, but I guess people listen to this podcast partially for the guests and partially for me. So you're just getting the full episode of me now, me, myself, and I. <laughs> Cringe. Okay, let's just get into today's episode. Okay, actually, before we get into today's episode, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite sponsors, Green Chef. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. They make eating well easy with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or you're just looking to eat healthier and more balanced meals like me, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. And right now you can go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew130 and use code coldbrew130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That is greenchef.com slash coldbrew130 and use code coldbrew130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Now let's get into today's episode with myself. let's start off with the career stuff because a lot of people are interested in my career path and I've talked about it you know I mean here and there on my platforms and then also on other people's podcasts but I feel like I haven't really done a sit down thing for my podcast and I figured today's the day so I'm gonna start around you know 2017 is when I started my YouTube channel and that's when everything kind of started rolling in terms of my career path So I studied business and sports management in college and literally up to uh, summer of 2017, I had no idea what I was doing with my life. I was like the standard collegiate athlete, you know, running my whole life. And I was like, this is going to come to an end. I'm not going to run professionally. What am I going to do? You know, I was a good student and everything, but I really just didn't have a specific career path I wanted to take. And then I was doing a run gum internship in 2017 and I've always been an avid YouTube watcher. I've watched so much YouTube in my lifetime. I just love YouTube. I'm, I mean, I watch Netflix and everything else too, but YouTube, there's a specific type of person that like follows YouTube and YouTube drama and everything. And I'm one of those people. I'm in the know of YouTube. So, 
here and there I would see new videos popping up of running YouTubers and also Nick Simmons, who is like obviously the CEO of Rungum. At the time, um, he was like starting to vlog and then Ryan Trahan was, was starting to vlog a bit. So he was popping up on my YouTube recommended and then the athlete special a little bit here and there. And it was just like, I don't know, I would watch these videos and kind of came to the consensus. I was like, maybe I just started a YouTube channel. There was nothing really like a big catalyst or anything, but I had my phone and I just, I've always liked social media. So I figured I could do it myself. And I knew I had a decent personality enough to hold a camera in front of my face and record and then put it on the internet. And I had, yeah, like I said, I had my iPhone and iMovie and that's all I had. And you know, no dreams of becoming a YouTuber, but I just decided because I was so bored in Eugene, I was like, I need to do something with my time. And so yeah, the first video I did, it was pretty clickbaity, honestly, day in the life of a D1 runner. And I knew that would pop off a bit. Like, I didn't know how much it would pop off. And it's not like it went crazy viral, but it got thousands of views in, you know, the first week or so. And people were loving it. And of course, you know, Oregon at the time was way more mysterious than they are now. Like, now they have a creative director and they are very kind of prominent on social media. And you see a lot more. Like, back then, no one was posting on social media from the Oregon platforms. So... Even our coaches like didn't like to give out photos that our photographers would take so that the athletes could post them on social media because they didn't, I don't even know what their reasoning was, but it was just way more secretive. So of course I knew, you know, documenting the inside look at what Oregon athletics is like would be popular. And not that I like needed to capitalize on that, but I just kind of knew that it was something I could clickbait. And YouTube popularity, and ability to go viral has so much to do with thumbnails and titles. It's like, okay, I'm just gonna slap the Oregon logo on the thumbnail and it's gonna get more clicks. I don't know, maybe that's just me watching YouTube. Like I know kind of what sticks right off the bat. Anyways, that's besides the point. Um, so I started a YouTube channel. I remember my first video, it was so cringe. I felt so awkward talking to the camera. It's just so funny now to look back and see how different I am in front of the camera and how much it doesn't even affect me and I can talk like it's another person. But when you start filming yourself, like I just dare everyone that's listening to this, just put your phone in front of your face and then just start talking. Maybe people are more into it now because of TikTok and everything, but back then it was so awkward. <laughs> so yeah, I posted that video and around that same time, I kind of started posting way more frequently on a food Instagram I had. I mean, I still have it, it's called One Crazy Foodie. But it was kind of a secret for a while. Like I would just post meals here and there. And then I remember doing an interview with this like news magazine. And for some, somehow they found my food Instagram. And I remember waking up one morning in April of 2017. And I had like 200 new followers on my food Instagram. And I was like, where are these people coming from? This is a secret. And I found out it came from that article. And then I just, you know, decided to own it and not be embarrassed of the fact that I had a food Instagram. But then that summer with the YouTube channel is kind of when I was like, I'm going to start growing this thing. And I knew the key to growing a social media platform back then. I don't know about now the algorithm changed everything. But back then it was posting every single day, engaging in hashtags, whatever. So I just had the goal of starting this YouTube channel and growing my food Instagram. And that's basically what I did for the entirety of my senior year until I graduated in March. And I actually graduated in March because... I was already on track to graduate early and then just was going to stay for my spring term without running. But then I was so burnt out, you guys. By the time like February came around, I was like, I can't do this anymore. 
That's another story for another day. But around that same time, I got recruited by a track agent to go work for his company. So he represents a lot of like Olympic track and field athletes, not necessarily distance. He has more field and sprinters. And so basically he recruited me to help his athletes with social media. So I moved all the way to Atlanta. It was kind of risky. I mean, I didn't really know anything and I was so new, but I mean, it seemed like a dream job at the time because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't really want a desk job and being able to stay in the world of track and field, which I love was incredible. So I moved to Atlanta for four months and was basically just doing this job in Atlanta. And also, so the NL, the NIL terms, is that the right term? Whatever. When I was in college, I could not make money off of anything. I made $0 off of anything. I did not accept free product. Now things are way different because rules have changed, but that so many people had questions as to how I could stay, how I was still eligible because you had Ryan Trahan, who's like, I got kicked off my team for being a YouTuber. And then other people, yeah, getting kicked off of NCAA teams for being a YouTuber. The reason that they're getting kicked off is because they're monetizing their content and you couldn't monetize your content back then. So I had no issues because I was not monetizing anything and I wasn't accepting free product. So I know that was like so much confusion when I was, when I would be posting videos. People would ask that in every video of mine. Anyways. So after college, it took me a little while to start monetizing everything. It was just kind of a slow process, but I was slowly starting to monetize, you know, my YouTube channel. I was accepting free product. It's not like I was making a ton of money or anything and I wasn't really doing sponsored videos. I remember coming out with merch a couple months after I graduated and it was like very mediocre merch, but I did not know what I was doing. It was a lot of trial and error. And so I ended up leaving Atlanta because the job just, it wasn't, I just feel like I wasn't really being utilized to my full capabilities and I just, I didn't love Atlanta. So that's, I loved the people at the job. It just, I didn't feel like I was being utilized enough and I felt like I just wasn't the right fit for what they were looking for. So I ended up leaving. I moved back to San Diego just to kind of like figure my life out <laughs> and I was doing better at monetizing like my food Instagram and stuff and my YouTube channel, but again, it definitely was not making full-time income at all. So I started working for this like PR company that's local to me in San Diego and was running brand social media accounts for a while and was kind of doing that along with my own stuff. I was able to make a full-time income. I mean, I, I moved into an apartment with a roommate here in San Diego in Carlsbad. So, I mean, I was basically, I was like an independent contractor, you could say. And the company I was working for, it just was kind of a mess. I came to realize, I feel like just a lot of the business experiences I've had have just been not the best. This is kind of just like small business stuff specifically, but I feel like it's a lot of, um, you're just juggling a bunch of different tasks that you're not necessarily, that you weren't necessarily expecting. This person's PR company that I was working for, she brought me on when they were failing, like when they already had kind of bad relationships with these accounts that I was running. It was so odd. I don't even know how to explain it. Again, like very nice people, but I was like, I don't really think I want to be a part of this. And it was just kind of a mess, I guess, if I could describe it correctly in one word. And I just thought to myself, I was like, there has to be something more put together than what I'm doing right now. And then by January of 2019, I just kind of took the leap, honestly, that I was gonna be completely self-employed. 
my expenses weren't really that high. I mean, I had the rent payment, which I mean, San Diego, it's a bit high, but I wasn't living in the nicest place ever. So it wasn't insanely high. And then I had to pay for like health insurance and car insurance and everything myself. I mean, taking the risk to go fully self-employed, it was, it was interesting. Like, I don't really know exactly why I decided to take the risk. I think I just kind of wanted to challenge myself more than anything else because I knew, I mean, my YouTube channel was doing pretty well and I knew that I could do something from it. And I just wanted more time and brain space to be able to focus on my own stuff. So yeah, I did that. Like I said, my expenses weren't super high and it's so bad. Right around the same time, I decided I started to date someone and I got really distracted. And honestly, for the first like two or three months, I did not work that much. And then tax season hit. Oh my goodness, you guys. I remember I was sitting on the beach with my sister and my accountant because I needed to get an accountant because being self-employed, like the amount of 1099s I had was insane. I was like, I cannot do this myself. So I'd hire an accountant and he like texted me the number that I owed and I was mortified because self-employment taxes are really bad. Um, and it was like the first time I was paying taxes. It was, it was a reality check. And I remember when I was laying on the beach with my sister and I got the text from my accountant, I immediately started recording a video because I was like, I got to get my stuff together and I can't keep slacking off like this because it's not going to work. So reality struck. I started grinding way harder. I was posting way more on YouTube. I started marathon training around this time. I don't know. I just started doing more outreach in terms of like my food Instagram, getting sponsored deals and everything. So at this time I was doing YouTube, food Instagram, maybe the occasional sponsored post on my personal Instagram for money. And it was doing pretty well. I mean, I was definitely able to sustain myself. Now, was I living like super luxuriously like other YouTubers you see that are buying $10 million houses? No, but the fact that I could even make money and make a living off of my YouTube channel was so funny to me. And it was just so crazy to think that less than two years after just starting this random vlog, I was like doing this as my full-time job. It was so crazy. I just never expected that. So towards the end of summer 2019, I just knew I needed to leave California. I was so bored, you guys. I was living in Carlsbad. Carlsbad is beautiful, but especially around this time, I didn't really have any friends that lived in Carlsbad and it's way more like old generation or like family oriented. I was just really bored and I felt like I was lacking social interaction and lacking a group of friends. So I ended up moving to Portland where I knew I had some good acquaintances and I liked the city of Portland a lot. And again, I have no fear about moving new places. The fact that I am self-employed, I'm able to move new places because it doesn't really make that much of a difference in what I'm doing, which is super nice. And one of the, I mean, big pros of being self-employed, which I'll talk about later. And I don't really find moving to be a huge barrier. I feel like a lot of people feel stuck where they're living, but maybe it's just me and because I've moved so many times, but I kind of enjoy moving because it's a new experience. I remember packing up my entire apartment in Carlsbad and driving all the way up to Portland. I was so excited just to start this new journey of life. So I moved to Portland, had this huge friend group. I loved it. It was exactly what I needed around the time. Again, I was still doing YouTube and my food Instagram and kind of sponsored stuff on my personal Instagram. And then I actually got pretty much recruited to work for University of Portland as their assistant cross country and track coach, which was really cool. I was kind of interested in coaching and this was the perfect opportunity to do it. It was part-time. It wasn't full-time. Um, I mean, it was definitely not a money-focused career move. That's not the reason I did it. I think 
if you're getting into coaching, it can be really challenging to make money, especially starting off with. Like once you get to the big ranks or you're like in a power five school, you're making a lot more money than you are if you're like volunteering. Mine was a paid position, but I don't know. It was the perfect opportunity to test out if I want to pursue coaching or not. And I loved coaching at University of Portland. It was so fun. So I did that until basically COVID hit and we weren't practicing or anything. And I just kind of made the decision. I was like, okay, is this something I want to keep doing for years down the road or not? And like I said, I loved, I loved the experience, but I felt like for the next couple of years, I wanted to focus on my own stuff. Like I want to take advantage of the opportunity I have in front of me. My YouTube channel was still growing. My food Instagram was, was growing really well too, especially during COVID. So I just kind of came to the consensus that I'm going to focus on my own stuff for now, especially because people weren't even competing and stuff. Yeah. So during COVID, my, uh, I don't, COVID was not a great time. I was living alone in Portland and my YouTube channel was just kind of on the decline because I wasn't really posting and I was, there wasn't really that much to film and I was just definitely not in my creative vibe. <laughs> But I will say my food Instagram was popping off because of course I was making food every day. I mean, that's all I could basically do inside my little apartment. So I was having a lot of fun doing my food Instagram. And that was actually, again, it's not all about money, but in terms of making money during COVID, I was so scared because as a social media influencer, you could say a lot of your money comes from brand partnerships. And I had no idea how COVID was gonna affect like these brands that are able to like pay influencers. But I was pleasantly surprised the food Instagram, the food, brands I was working with. Their budgets didn't really seem to be affected by COVID, which was really nice. And it gave me a lot of like stability, I guess, for that year. Also during COVID, I started my podcast, the one that you're listening to right now. It was out of sheer boredom. And obviously I like to talk. I've literally talked for 20 minutes on this clip already. And <laughs> I feel like I haven't even taken a break. I mean, I don't, I just like to talk. And I didn't know what was gonna come of it. I had no idea. I had no idea how to film a podcast, or not film, record a podcast, edit a podcast. I don't know where to post a podcast. Figured that all out. A lot of my career has been trial and error. So much has been trial and error. And just not being afraid to fail. <laughs> and I failed many a times. I've tried so many different things. Just navigating this like running social media niche has been very interesting. And my podcast was another thing that I just kind of threw into the abyss to see if it stuck. And it definitely has. It was by far the best thing I did during COVID. Also during COVID, I started talking to a manufacturer for my food brand, Craze Foods. So that was also something that came of note during that time. I mean, we didn't launch until 2021, but that started in 2020. And yeah, now, I mean, now I add in TikTok. I'm not really monetizing that platform yet. I mean, I do a couple brand sponsorships here and there, but once you start like monetizing things, it sometimes becomes more of a chore, which I, I just love TikTok and I don't want to make it this thing where I feel like I need to make TikToks to make a living. You know what I mean? Because it's really fun. I like to follow the little trends. I like to do whatever on that platform. Yeah. And I've, in terms of all of it, like right now I'm the happiest I've been in terms of my career because I don't know. I feel like what I'm doing right now is really sustainable. For a long time, I was just questioning everything. A lot of it had to do with like my body image issues and just not wanting to put myself on the internet and dealing with hate and everything. Not that I get a ton of hate, but just people's opinions, you know, if you're not feeling good about yourself, when people share their opinions that make you feel even worse, it's not fun. And after like going to therapy and everything, and I tried out another nine to five towards the end of last year when I moved back to San Diego, when I was just like feeling really burnt out on life, honestly, 
I don't know. I just, at the beginning of this year, I just had this coming to terms where I was like, I am not going to let my negative body image affect me doing what I want to do on social media and just not putting like so much pressure on myself to get a certain amount of views on a YouTube video and just post what I want to post. And the same thing with like running or just like signing up for different races. Like I don't want to sign up for something because I feel like I have to, to keep my YouTube views up. Like I just want to do stuff and document my life on the internet and have people follow along. Like just not feel that extreme pressure to do something crazy for the internet. <laughs> right now, like I said, I've been very much into social media. I love all of it. My food Instagram has taken a little bit of a hit because I just haven't really been into recording my food. And once everything on Instagram turned to reels, it made it so much harder for me, you guys, to post every day. Doing like the stills of my food was pretty easy because I can make it look good behind the scenes and then take snap a picture of it and post it really quick. But if it comes to, you know, filming every single part of my recipe that I'm making and then editing it and then posting it, it just becomes way more of an endeavor every single day. And I don't know, I have to pick and choose my battles because I have so many different things going on now with social media. And I still am gonna post, you know, I'm still gonna try to post as consistently as I can, but the food Instagram is just something I've really had to stop stressing out, stressing myself out over and just let myself be okay with not posting every day, which is something I've done literally since 2017 pretty much. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, I will say I've learned a lot in terms of my value as an influencer and just my value as a businesswoman, I guess, just doing like negotiations. My podcast has really helped with public speaking and being, and being able to talk to strangers. I feel like I've just become way more confident of a person in terms of business elements of it. And as social media keeps growing, I feel like opportunities keep coming in and it's just really cool to see, you know, all the hard work that I've put in since 2017 kind of paying off. I feel like at the beginning, I don't know, people call me, I guess, a pioneer of running YouTube and I always say no, but I guess it is kind of cool to just see the YouTube running niche growing now and it's fun to be a part of it. I don't really know where the future stands with everything. I'm just really enjoying what I'm doing now and I'm trying not to stress myself out over what's next because I'm so content just doing YouTube, my podcast, my Instagram my food brand and everything. I'm just feeling very good about everything. And sometimes it's okay to not think about your five-year plan or whatever. I'm like, if I thought about my five-year plan five years ago, at this time, five years ago, I didn't even have my YouTube channel. So how would I have any idea what I'm gonna be doing in five years? Like that's just being self-employed. You don't really know what's gonna come. And I just like to take opportunities as they come along and kind of just go with the flow. So that's what I'm doing right now. Pardon the little intermission here, but we have a new sponsor of the podcast, Koros. If you've been watching my YouTube videos or my TikToks, you know I've been wearing my Koros Pace 2 watch. Let me tell you right now, this watch is incredible. It is a GPS premium sport watch. You've, I'm sure you've seen a bunch of other professional runners use them. <sighs> a bunch of other professional runners, like I am a, a professional runner, but I'm sure you've seen a lot of people in the running world using the watch because it truly is incredible. It's super lightweight. It's their lightest watch ever, so you can run longer without feeling weighed down on your wrist. It's also got a heart rate monitor. It tracks your heart rate 24 seven, including underwater. It also is so amazing for track workouts. A first of its kind algorithm is built for the most accurate data on the track, 
you can select your lane on the standard 400 meter outdoor track and you let the watch do the rest. It's so easy to use. All you have to do is just press two buttons and then you're off and running. Both the watch and the app are super easy to use and navigate. I feel like a lot of the time there's like just so many little things that you have to jump through to be able to use a watch, a GPS watch and the apps and connect everything, but it's just so easy to use. And it's also really, really simple to sync the watch to the Coros app and then it goes straight to Strava. It's automatic and instant. The battery life, oh my goodness, you guys. I have never had a GPS watch with this good of a battery life. I'm not good at charging my watch. I'm gonna be honest, I always forget every single time and then I go, I'm about to like head off for a run and my watch is literally at 1%. But since I've been using the Pace 2, Every time I go check the watch, there's literally like 5% battery gone. The, it, the watch still literally has like 95% battery. I saw a tweet the other day. It was making a joke about the Coros Pace 2. It said, if your Coros watch runs out of battery, then you know you're doing something wrong because literally you can go days without charging this bad boy. I may even be able to go a full week without charging it and it has not run out of battery. The fit is really, really seamless. It just looks really good. I wear it with regular outfits as well. I highly recommend the Coros Pace 2 GPS watch. You can go to coros.com to go check out the watch. The link is also in the podcast show notes if you just want to easily click on that to go check out the watch. Again, go to coros, C-O-R-O-S.com to go check out the Coros Pace 2. Now let's get back into today's solo episode. Now that I've literally talked for half the episode on my business career, but I'm gonna talk about the pros and the cons of being self-employed. I'll start off with the pros. So there's so much flexibility with your schedule. It's so nice. Anytime anyone texts me like this, my doctor texted me today and said, let me know your work schedule and we can hop on a telehealth appointment. And I was like, literally it's wide open because I mean, I don't have a ton of meetings in the day. I have a couple meetings a week, maybe. And then my schedule is completely flexible and I just love that. Another pro is that you get to choose who you want to work with. I know a lot of people, you know, that have other jobs, you kind of just have to deal with maybe people that you don't agree with a lot of the time or you just butt heads with coworkers or bosses and everything. And it is really nice to be able to work for one person and that is me, myself and I. I mean, obviously I engage with these companies that, you know, sponsor me and everything, but for the most part, it really just is me working with myself, which is really nice. I mean, I don't have a lot of conflict with myself a lot of the time. And if I do, I go to therapy. So, uh, okay, another pro is the world is your oyster. Literally, I wake up every day and I'm like, okay, what do I want to do today? I could go post a YouTube video of me going to a coffee shop and trying every drink on the menu, or I can go be like, I'm signing up to run an ultra marathon. And it's crazy what I could do in this job and have people follow along because I guess that's why people follow me to follow my life. So having that freedom is so awesome and I love it. It keeps things interesting to say the least. Another pro is that I guess you could think of it as a con too, but there's a lot of pressure on yourself because you are the one that's making the money and you are the one that is kind of deciding what you're gonna do. So you are your own boss, you have to do everything, you're in charge of everything, but that pressure can be really motivating. I find it really motivating because I'm someone that wants to succeed. I am a type three Enneagram. So so how I define success is like fulfilling my potential and that's so broad and I don't even know what that means, but I just have a constant desire to keep improving on myself. So having that pressure on myself is really motivating and I always just want to be better. And in 
the last pro that I'm going to talk about right now, kind of off the top of my head, is that this career can be really lucrative if you want it to be. It's not like a nine to five where you kind of have a salary cap or you know what you're already getting paid. Maybe you get a bonus at the end of the year or whatever, but this job, it's like, if I, I could post a YouTube video every single day over the month and make way more money, or I could post zero videos a month and make no money. You know what I mean? Like you, the harder you work in this job, pretty much the more money you're gonna make automatically, which is really cool. I'm not a super money motivated person, but I will say, I, like I said, I need to fulfill my potential and I just always need to better myself. So I kind of challenge myself consistently to just better myself monetarily because that's what I feel like I need to do in my career. So I do work really hard, but I definitely give myself breaks and everything. But being a social media influencer, especially as social media keeps growing, it's definitely a lot more lucrative, I guess, than I expected it to be a couple of years ago, which has been really cool and it's really exciting and I'm very blessed to be able to do it. And I'm just really glad I put in, you know, two years of basically making no money to be able to fully support myself now and kind of have freedom to do whatever I want, which is really nice. And I think me not getting caught up in the money side of it right away, like having those two years of just not really worrying about making money that much really helped me set a foundation for, you know, growing the business side of it in the future when I was more money focused. I don't know, now that I'm 25 and everything. I feel like if you go into social media with the goal of making a ton of money, you're going to flop immediately because you're not going to see the results right away. Like I said, for two entire years, I was putting in work with making barely any money. Like the first year, zero dollars. And then the next year, like barely making any money. So I think, yeah, if I, if I had one piece of advice for someone that was like looking to make social media a career, uh, yeah, probably don't look for the money right away and just be authentic and be yourself and post what you want because that makes it really sustainable in the long run. So some of the cons, along with the money side of things, there's, you never really know exactly how much money you're going to make. You don't know what opportunities are going to come up. The income really varies month to month. I mean, sometimes you can get blessed with long-term contracts so you have set income in the month and... That's really nice, but some months, especially at the beginning, you know, I would I would make barely any money one month and the next month make like three times as much money. So it was just very interesting. It's very, um, I would say if you're, I would say if you can't really go with the flow, it's a little bit hard in terms of that because if you're someone that wants a lot of stability in your career, I don't know if self-employment in this sense would make you feel very good. <laughs> Taxes are also brutal. Taxes are brutal as a self-employed person. I mean, taxes are brutal for anyone, I feel like, but being just self-employed, you get, in my career, you get paid in full for everything. So say someone pays you $500, you get the set $500. If you have a nine to five and you get paid $500, taxes get taken out for you. So maybe you get paid $300 actually, but that's kind of nice because then you don't even have, that $300 is yours and you don't even have to worry about it. When I get paid my $500, I'm like, okay, I don't really even know how much of this is gonna have to go to taxes and I have to hold all of it. But then when April comes around, I end up owing more most of the time and it just, I don't know, you just have a lot of, you just have a huge chunk of money and you don't really know how much it's gonna be until the end of the year and it's just stressful. It can be really stressful, but kind of going along with that, you have to pay for everything yourself, like health insurance, your retirement accounts, your business expenses, like everything just comes out of your own pocket. So it's good because some of it is tax write-off-able, but it's still coming out of your own pocket. So that's kind of rough. 
There's also no structure. Like I said, it can be really nice with the flexibility of the schedule. You can do whatever you want, but sometimes waking up every morning being like, what am I doing with my life can be really overwhelming. You don't have anyone to tell you what to do ever. And I know some of that, to some of you, maybe that sounds amazing, but after five years of doing it pretty much, you're like, okay, can someone just tell me what the right thing to do is today? <laughs> and also I would love if someone told me what the wrong thing to, what I was doing was wrong, you know? like a boss. You know, sometimes I get mean comments of people being like, you're wrong, but I would just, I don't know, sometimes I just want a boss telling me exactly what to do and then I could just shut off my computer at the end of the day, things checked off the list, but there's also no off time in this job. You're constantly thinking about it and there's always more you can do. Every single day I go to bed and I'm like, I did not check off everything on my to-do list. And then I push it and then I just push it to the next day. And that's how the day goes. There's literally no off time, but for me, I'm very comfortable making my job my life. My job is my life, basically. I know that sounds unhealthy, but I just love documenting my life. And when I was in college, running was my life. I don't mind when things just kind of engulf my life. I find it very fun and I like making content. So I don't find that part, honestly, to be a negative. Sometimes it's really annoying. I would like to just shut off my computer and shut off my brain and not think about what I'm doing for work. But work is also my life. So just is all kind of intermixed, but I don't mind it. So, okay, another thing, if you slack off, you make less money and that's not fun. So you are constantly feeling pressured to keep working because you want to make money. And if you want to take a week off, you make zero dollars. It's not like you get paid vacation, you know what I mean? So yeah, but like I said, that's why it's really important to enjoy what you're doing. And like I said, I really enjoy what I'm doing. So maybe if I do go on vacation, I still want to work because I like documenting my life and I like documenting my vacation. I don't find it to be annoying. So yeah, it can also be lonely though. I will say it's kind of a lonely career. People do a good job of surrounding themselves with other, other creators and they have like these creator houses or... Yeah, but I feel like my niche is pretty small at the moment and I'm not like a normal running YouTuber. I'm not, you know, posting workout videos these days. I'm just kind of documenting my life. And I found people here and there that I've been able to hang out with, but it's not like I have my set group of creators. We're not collabing every day. So it can be pretty lonely, but I don't know. I'm very content with everything right now. So I can't even complain about any of it because I feel very good about my career. So... Yeah, that's pretty much the pros and cons of the job. Like I said, I really enjoy it. It's taken a lot of hard work and a lot of belief in myself to be able to make this my career. It probably seems pretty easy on the outside, like making uh, YouTube videos and posting them, but there's a lot more business, like boring side behind it. It's not like every day I'm just filming myself, editing and posting. It's like I have to do a bunch of emails, a bunch of contract negotiations, getting lawyers involved. Like it just there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes that makes it way more business oriented job than it may seem on the surface, but it's really fun and it's really rewarding and I really enjoy it. So I hope that explains a bit more about what I do. Um, yeah. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Okay, that's that's like wrapping up the business side of it. That literally took over basically the whole episode, first half at least. We'll talk about body image now. So a lot of people ask for body image tips or how I feel like I'm in this place now of just being way more comfortable with my body. And right off the bat, I'm going to say exiting the running world has really helped me. And I know that's probably what no one wants to hear that's listening to this, but just completely disengaging kind of from, especially being in person in the running world. Like I don't really go to that many track meets anymore and... I follow my friends, obviously, but I think just kind of being a little bit more tuned out and tuned out to like commentary and stuff. I don't know, just not being as engaged in it has really helped me. And also just surrounding myself with people that don't place fitness as their number one goal in life has really helped me because I've literally only been around people that have kind of, at least for the last, I don't know, six years, have really placed fitness as number one. It just has really opened up my little bubble of life if that makes sense. When I was, especially in college, or just like in the elite running world, my little bubble of what life was was so small. And then when I got out of it, especially when I moved back to San Diego or even New York, I was like, wow, there is so much more to life than running and then running fast. Like, I think it just really helped me um, like stop putting value on myself as a runner and especially my times as a runner. Like I just don't care as much anymore. And that kind of in turn has helped me stop feeling the need to like fix my body or make it manipulate it to fit a mold or look a certain way. I've also stopped hanging around people that had negative relationships with the food. And I know that could be really hard to do. And I, I don't know, even like on TikTok, it's only following people that have positive relationships with food or just people that honestly don't even talk about food at all. Like, I don't know, when you're just constantly thinking about food or talking with people that obviously don't have a good relationship with food, it can it can affect your mindset a lot of the time. It really is something that kind of like latches onto you and then spreads, you know what I mean? So really only hanging around people that have positive relationships with their body and food has been super helpful for me. Kind of going along with that, following body diverse influencers and just hanging out with people that don't run or that just do other things other than running. Like I, like I said, just not f- placing fitness as their number one. Not even saying that their body has to like look any different. Just like someone that isn't always focused on manipulating their body is really nice. And very, I don't know, it just makes me feel so much better. Also cutting out people who make you feel bad about your body. Anyone that makes negative comments or second guesses how, second guesses your positive relationship with your body is one of the most beneficial things that you can do for yourself. I feel like it just helps you create a way more positive outlook on yourself when you're not having people tear you down, which is obvious, but yeah, another thing that's helped is exposure therapy. I've talked about 
this on my YouTube channel a lot of the time and you guys know, but running in sports bras and just like forcing myself to be comfortable with my body, my changing body, like obviously my body's changed a lot. So just forcing myself to be comfortable with it and just normalize, normalize my body to myself has been really helpful. Whether that be running in a sports bra, rocking, walking around in like a sports bra or spandex or even like naked around my apartment. I mean, I live alone, so that's why I walk around naked. So if you live with roommates, maybe don't do that. But yeah, just like making myself, forcing myself to be comfortable with my body and like looking at it and just appreciating it for what it is and what it allows me to do has been so helpful. And I've also come to realize that confidence makes someone way, makes someone way more attractive than someone who's always worried about like hiding themselves and everything. <laughs> There's like cliche TikToks that like come on my page and it's like, look at the difference in this woman's confidence when she walks into a room. And the first clip is her like hiding, like her shoulders are all down and she's, you can tell she's like super unconfident and everyone's like, ooh. And then she walks in the room the next time, the next slide with her shoulders back and she's just really confident and everyone's like, oh my gosh, Look at that confident queen, but it is really true. The more confident you are in yourself, like the more attractive you are, not in terms of like even someone romantically, it's more just as a person, like you just wanna be around positive, confident people, I feel like most of the time. So I've just come to realize that as well. I've also realized how much time I've wasted just worrying about my body and just being self-conscious and just living life every day, like self-conscious of myself and just not living to my full potential. And I just feel like I've reached a certain age and I just, I'm tired and fed up with fighting my body and mind. And I just gave up, honestly. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't live, I can't live like this. I don't wanna wear sweatshirts when it's hot outside. I wanna just let my body do whatever it wants. And <laughs> that's where I'm at now. And I'm just so much happier being comfortable and confident with wherever my body's at at any amount of time. And. All of those things have really helped me come to a place where I just feel so much better. And I I just wish for everyone that they can get to a point where they're just confident and like comfortable with themselves because I know how bad it can be when you have body image struggles and how much it can affect your life and how, how bad it can make you feel. And you're just like truly not living life when you have negative body image or body dysmorphia. It, it really ruins your life and you don't really understand unless you deal with it, but Trust me, I understand. I've been literally through the ring over the last eight years of my life and I just hit a point where I was fed up and I don't know, I just feel so much better now and I really hope anyone that is struggling with body image issues that listens to this can get to a point where they feel confident again because the world like just opens up after that. I feel like just a light clicks on and you just, I don't know, you just start feeling so much better and I mean, it takes work and you have to work on yourself but it's truly possible, I guess. That's that's my main thing. It is possible to get to a point where you are confident in yourself, regardless of what your body looks like. It has nothing to do with actually what your, what your body looks like on the outside. It's all internal, you know what I mean? And confidence and just being comfortable with yourself and your changing body, so yeah. Um, someone asked on my Instagram, what would, what, what would I name this chapter of my life? And what I would call it is that Someone asked me this yesterday too in person. They said, they basically asked the same exact question and I called it the San Diego Renaissance. When I lived here in 2019, I was a completely different person and I was living a completely different experience. Like I said, I had really not many friends. I was really only running and I was kind of finding myself. I was going through my second puberty. I hadn't got my period yet. 
so I had really, 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 really bad body image issues. And now coming back here in 2020, at the end of 2021, I am such a different person now in 2022. I went to therapy. I just feel like I've fixed so many of my problems. I have new friends. Like two of my closest friends here are people that I met when I moved back here last year, which is kind of crazy to think about. And I just feel so good. I feel so fulfilled in my life at this moment in time that I feel like I'm just, it's like a renaissance. I feel like I'm like my old high school self, if that makes sense. I feel like for kind of since I went to college and the years following that, I did not even feel like myself. I kind of felt like the joy that I had of life was kind of not there anymore. And I kind of just shrugged it off to me getting older. But then I was like, I just always knew that there was something more. And that's like when I would try to fix myself and everything and just constantly needing to try new things and find that source of fulfillment. And I don't, I don't know. I feel like just going to therapy and meeting new people and just having a bunch of different life experiences and just letting go of my that competitive running self and all of this pressure I put on myself has just really helped me blossom into you blossom that's a weird word to say about yourself but has helped transform me into my 25 year old self which kind of also embodies my younger self's spirit does that make any sense? I was just a really hyper kid and I had like a love of life and I was super optimistic and I feel like I lost that for a while and now I'm finally back and I literally, <laughs> the other day I was driving in my car and I was just like smirking and I couldn't stop smiling and I, I just thought to myself, I was like, I need to cherish these moments because it has been so long since I've felt whatever chemicals like the dopamine and just these, these happy feelings and I finally feel like I'm myself again and I need to cherish it because I feel like I've lost it for so long that it feels so good to have again. And I, I mean, I want, I don't want to say it's going to go away, but you never know when you're going to, you know, encounter more struggles. And the first half of the year for me was, and the first quarter of this year for me was like really, 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 really hard. So I'm trying to cherish every moment that I have of this happiness that I'm feeling right now. And I just feel really good. And it's the San Diego Renaissance, you know, I'm back. I feel super good. I love where I live. My, I love my career. I love the friends I have. I love the relationships I have with people. Like, I just feel really good overall. And my body image issues are kind of gone now. And I just feel so good. So I know I can be kind of like self-deprecating, but I really just want to give myself credit to like the work I've done on myself over the last, especially year or so. And just like taking time to work on myself and my mental health because it's really paid off and I just feel so much better. So today's solo episode is also brought to you by Inside Tracker. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. And that's where Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way, towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. For a limited time right now, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com/emma. That is insidetracker.com/emma for 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Now let's get back into today's episode. Yeah, okay, the last thing I'm going to talk about is dating because everyone always wants to hear about my dating life because everyone is just a little nosy Nelly, aren't you? Just a little nosy Nelly, you want to hear about who I'm dating? Well, I actually had a goal at the beginning of this year to go on one date a month. Yeah, it failed. It failed right off the bat. 
I got ghosted the first time. The dating apps suck. They suck so bad. I deleted all my dating apps for good. Honestly, I'm over it. I feel like apps make it way easier for people to ghost people and to just be disrespectful. Like I was talking to this one guy on Hinge a couple months ago and we were having these like super long texts back and forth on Hinge. And he was like, good looking. We kind of, we had a bunch of stuff in common. We kind of knew common people. And he was like going away for a business trip over the weekend. And we kind of talked about meeting up when he got back. So I texted him when he got back and said, yeah, it's Emma from Hinge. Let me know when you want to meet up. So cringe, it makes me want to throw up. But <laughs> then I got ghosted. And he just never, and we were talking for like two weeks on Hinge. Like I, I'm just like, what is going through the other person's mind? I don't know. I feel like when you meet people in person, there's kind of repercussions to doing that. Or if you meet people through friends, there's repercussions. Cause it's like, if that person, if I met this person through a friend, then I could go to the friend and be like, what the heck? your friend just completely ghosted me. There's like kind of repercussions, but when there's literally no strings attached with these people that you meet on the apps, it just makes it more likely for like stuff like that to happen and kind of like your, not your feelings to get hurt, but just to feel bad, I guess, from the interaction, just like a negative interactions. Just negative interactions seem to be more common through the apps, you know what I mean? So I'm off the apps, no more. And I've also found that there's with the apps, there's like not really that much common ground other than surface level stuff or just general attraction from photos, which may or may not look like the person in person. I don't know. It just seems very surface level. And for me, I found, I find personality to be way more attractive than any, you know, conventionally attractive man. So I feel bad swiping on the apps or something where maybe this person isn't someone right off the bat that I'm like, oh my goodness, they're so attractive. But maybe if I met them in person and they're the funniest person in the world, I would be attracted to them. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's my feeling with the apps. I'm off of it forever, I think now, because I can't anymore. I'm over it. A lot of the people, like I don't date that much. I go on a couple dates a year usually <laughs> when I feel like I need to put myself out there because I don't get enough like romantic interaction, I guess you could say. Um, but I really do feel like you need to spend time alone to figure out what you want out of life and what you want out of a partner, I guess you could say. I spent so many years of my life alone. I, I'm not, I'm not alone, I'm not a loner, but romantically I'm just so picky because my life is so good. That's, I don't want to toot my own horn, but like, I just feel so good about my life that I don't really want a... I don't really want to bring someone else into it that's gonna negatively affect my life. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of relationships, if they're not good, they can negatively impact you, obviously. So I feel like I'm just very picky about who I'm going to spend a lot of time with. And I also know that when I'm, when I do like someone and I wanna spend time with them, it really distracts me. <laughs> so I have to be very, very particular about who I'm gonna invest time into because if it's someone that's just gonna waste my time, like, I don't wanna do that, so yeah. Um, but you do need to spend time alone, kind of figuring yourself out and what you want out of a relationship and everything, and I have just figured so much out about myself over the last couple of years, especially since leaving school and finding myself outside of running and just learning myself more and the, learning what makes me tick as a young adult and letting my brain fully develop, you know what I mean? So. I don't know, I'm very confident in myself. I know what I want, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but I think it is good to learn from past, relationship, past relationships as well, like what worked and what didn't. 
and what you can improve on for the next one. Like for me, like I said, my last relationship was in 2019. And one of the main things I realized is that I need to kind of have my work figured out and I need to have a better schedule for myself and obligations for work because I know how distracted I can get. Like my last relationship, I feel like I barely worked at all because I was so distracted. But now I feel like I'm in a much better place because I have set obligations. It's like I have, you know, set brand deals every month or I have to post, I post this podcast every single Thursday. Like there's things I have to do in terms of my work and I'm really confident in getting them done and everything. I just feel like I would, I'd be way less distracted and I wouldn't let my work suffer being in a relationship with someone else. So there's just things like that or, um, I mean, there's other things I've learned from past relationships as well, but I feel like it's just good to get practice. Every, every relationship you're in isn't a waste of time because you do learn a lot about yourself. Um, yeah, but I think also just taking time to reflect is really good. I mean, you don't need to wait three years like me to be in another relationship, but, um, I'm just really picky and, uh, <laughs> okay, also, um, never settle. I'm a true believer in this. Like I said, my life is so good and I refuse to be with someone who makes my life worse. I really do. Like, I just can't. Um, some random man was so mean to me on YouTube. He was like, you're getting older and you're losing value as you keep getting older and men gain value as they get older. So you better like latch onto someone now or else all your value is going to be gone. And I was like, that is literally the rudest thing that you could ever say to someone. And I would way rather be alone forever with five cats than what date someone like you who's already putting me down at age 25 when I'm in my prime. Okay, sir. You know what I mean? Like I would, I'm never settling. I just, I don't know. I'm very happy with myself. I take care of myself. I sound like a loser, don't I? <laughs> no, just never settle, never settle. You deserve it. Um, just keep working on yourself and I feel like you'll, everyone will find the right person for them. I think also learning love languages of someone that you're dating is really important because it makes it easier to read the person and understand how they feel and how they communicate. I know it's, it's like a cringe thing to ask someone like, what's your love language? But I'm a cringe person, so I'll ask the person. Um, and for me, like my love language is quality time. And I can be with someone for literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I won't get tired of it. Like that's how much I want to be with a person that I enjoy spending time with. Um, but if their love language isn't quality time, I need to be okay with us compromising on that. <laughs> I sound crazy. I'm great. I'm not, I'm not actually crazy. I don't need to spend 24 hours a day with someone, but I could if I wanted to. Um, but just like coming to understand how the other person ticks is really good. And I feel like love languages, though it's cliche, is a good way of doing that. And I think just really being open and honest with your communication and just with yourself and just, I don't know, just always bringing up uncomfortable topics, not being afraid. And like games, playing games with someone that you're dating, it's like, it's fun, you like, you like the chase, everyone likes a little bit of a chase, but after a while it just gets, it's too much. Just be honest, put it out there, shoot your shot. I'm a firm believer of shooting your shot. I've shot my shot many a time. I've been rejected many a time as well. Um, <laughs> but you can't let it affect your confidence if you get rejected because there's, like I said, there, I think there's a person out there for everyone and if they reject you, they're just not your person and you got to move on with it. So it's not like you can have the expectation going into it that this person's going to be obsessed with you if you're obsessed with them. 
But I think, you know, shooting your shot is better than staying in the friend zone forever if you don't want to be. As long as you don't make it awkward if they reject you. That's like the main key. But shooter's gonna shoot and I will always shoot my shot. So, um, I think that's gonna wrap up today's episode. This honestly went a lot more smoothly than I was expecting it to. We kind of had a lot of different topics. I would say business, career, body image, and dating. Very odd topics and not my usual podcast. I mean, it had a little bit to do with running, but whoa, I had too much coffee this morning. Can you tell? Hopefully you guys liked this episode. I got a lot more questions that I kind of want to cover maybe in another solo episode that I'll do eventually, but I hope you guys enjoyed this solo episode. It was a lot longer than I expected, but I hope you guys enjoyed me rambling for literally an hour about my own life. This is why I started a podcast in COVID. Um, shoot your shot. Don't be afraid to take risks. And yeah, thank you guys for following along this podcast. And thank you for following along my journey. I know it's been quite the roller coaster ride, but we're on it together. So I appreciate you, you know, taking a seat on my roller coaster. That sounds weird. All right. Follow us on Instagram at Combos Over Cold Brew Pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes and submit listener questions. Follow my YouTube channel if you want to see vlogs. My TikTok, I've also been doing little vlogs on there if you're more of an, uh, a short attention span kind of person. Yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I'll catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas.